Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So they're going to bring on the debate. It starts at 8 o'clock Eastern. Four people on the stage, DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, and Christie. Yes, Chris Christie made the debate stage. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. No, Donald Trump will not be there. Hosted by Elizabeth Vargas of News Nation and Megan Kelly. And then I forget who the other person is. I think she's from, is she from Free Beacon? Oh, I forget her name right now, and I apologize. I'm, I'm going to blame it on, on, on this cold. That's that's what I'm going to. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blame. I'm going to blame it on the cold. That's my, that's that's my that's my plan. Alicia Johnson, I think is her name. Alicia Johnson. That's it. So what to expect? What is this debate about? Well, I think that part is the most simple out of the four. If you're not willing to go at Trump and if you're not willing to go at Biden, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what it is you're trying to get accomplished here. It's taking place in Alabama. If I hear them all going after Nikki Haley, what's the point? Although, there's plenty to go at Nikki Haley for. This $250,000 from Reed Hoffman, this uh, donation from this Democrat to a Nikki Haley super PAC, that doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Now, the argument is these people want to give me money. I'm going to take it because I'm running for president. But Nikki Haley has made some other missteps. Some other, I, I think, very, very large missteps as as of late. Specifically uh, to the idea, uh, as and I'm going to get into this, uh, about children and about um, transgenderism and about surgeries. I mean, she was on, I forget which show she was doing. Um, it, it was, uh, it was, it was CBS something or other. And well, here, I'm going to play this for you right here. You tell me. Uh, Madam ambassador. Another question is what care should be on the table when a 12 year old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy. What should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it. And I think parents should handle it. Sorry. That's not an okay answer. That's a non-answer. We protect children from themselves, from others, from bad decisions, from being abused, from being mutilated. That goes without saying that is a baseline. I have no idea what the hell Nikki Haley is doing here. All I know is, man, did they make it easy to go after her in this debate. She did it to herself. What a nonsensical statement. Of course it should not be something that we say, well, if some parents want to abuse their children and mutilate their children, that's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. It's not okay. It's just wrong. And she's wrong. She's wrong. That's all there is to it. Now, I started by saying, They have to be talking about Biden and they have to be talking about Trump. I haven't changed from that. 
That's what they have to be talking about. They have to be talking about Biden. They have to be talking about Trump. And don't get me wrong, there are topics. I think China is is a a clear uh, topic. The border, for me, is always the the topic. That's what I want to hear, actionable items. We need to install this policy to secure our southern border. I don't want to hear about comprehensive immigration reform or any kind of kind of mouthiness like that. I want to hear about actual plans and policies. When we talk about China, I only want to hear about winning and losing. We have to win. They have to lose. That's how it has to go. We have to win. They have to lose. The Communist Chinese Party must be defeated, must be broken. That's how it has to get discussed. You have to be willing to say whether you will or you will not work to defend Taiwan if China should go after them. You got to answer the question. But if I'm one of the people on this stage... I'm reminding people why I'm a better choice than Trump, and I'm reminding people why I can beat Joe Biden. Now, the polling will tell you that the people don't believe you. The polling will tell you that they've all said Trump is the better choice. Dear Lord. If you take a look at the past one, two, three, four, five, six polls, in the last six polls, five of the six have Trump in the 60-plus percent range. I mean, that's crazy. That's surreal. And if I go back even further, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, past 12, past 12 polls, Trump is in the 60s in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of the last 12, five of the last six, eight of the last 12. So while there was certainly a conversation in November about whether or not he was trending down, and it's still ahead by massive numbers. He's not trending down. Now, do you believe the polling? I don't. I don't. This is this is out of control. I, I, I don't know how this is going to apply to Iowa caucus state, as I've discussed before. I'm going to wait to see what happens. But Trump wins Iowa by some spread like, like this, the 30, the 40, the 50. Well, then it's over. It's over. Absolutely. Which is why I believe that these candidates have to be very, very aggressive into why they're the guy and why Trump can't be the guy. If they have been proactive in avoiding confrontation with Trump, that has to end. I don't even know how they think that it's going to work if you don't. You know, they, they talk about uh, uh, Chris Christie's, the only guy willing to go after Trump. He, he, didn't, he didn't do it in the last debate. He didn't say a word. And Chris Christie has got himself a, a nice base of support in New Hampshire, still not that of Haley or, 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 or Trump as, as the polling goes. But he needs New Hampshire to slingshot him into opportunity. It's what he needs. I do not know where his money comes from. I don't know if he's going to have the money to operate uh, if he doesn't have a strong showing in, in, in New Hampshire. 
But if you're going to say Trump can't be the guy and I can, you got to say why he can't be the guy. You got to say why you're better. You got to be able to say the words, which means you got to be able to go after him. And then what about Biden himself? Why is it we had this last debate? His name didn't get mentioned. This old man with the terrible policies. How come no one mentioned he's an old man with the terrible policies? That's madness. Of course he should have been mentioned. They're going to avoid him? To go after Nikki Haley? You have to set yourself apart. You cannot be really running for third place. You have to run for the show. And you have to show yourself as somebody who is ready for the show. Ready to make it happen. So, go do that. Go do exactly that. And that only happens if you're actually talking about the people who you have to defeat. You have to defeat Trump in, 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 in the eyes and in the hearts of, of the Republican uh, primary voter. You have to defeat, be able to defeat Biden in a general. As I've said many times, uh, nearly everybody running for, for president on the Republican side could beat Joe Biden in the numbers. Uh, if you want to believe them, do bear that out. But you cannot let this debate go by and say, oh, at least I got a good zinger on Nikki Haley. Who cares? I got a good zinger on Ron DeSantis. Doesn't matter. How many uh, of the people on stage are going to to mention well, uh, Ron, you, you lost to uh, Gavin Newsom in a debate when that's not what happened, if only because Gavin Newsom's team says the whole thing was rigged, which is uh, a, an, an admission of, of defeat, as far as I'm concerned, right? That's what we say about people who say things are rigged, right? Stacey Abrams, right, Hillary Clinton? All of a sudden, Gavin Newsom says the debate was rigged. It's not defeat. Of course it is. But that's going to happen. They're going to go after DeSantis on this. What's the point? I will consider that all a waste of time. Now, possibly they're working on a different strategy. And the strategy is, let's go still put ourselves out there as the only effective option to Trump without poking the bear. And let's then, then we will create our fight opportunity uh, after South Carolina for Super Tuesday. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works. Bold strategy. And when I say bold strategy, if that's what you're going to put your faith in, you go right ahead. I'd be making, I would be making the the case for why I'm better than both other guys. Why I'm better than Trump in a primary, why I'm better than Biden in a general. I'd be making it now. And I think that that's what's needed. You need to differentiate now. I think you needed to differentiate in the last debate. You need to differentiate now. But we'll see quickly whether or not they do it, or they're all going to say, let's just aim for second, and let's just stick around and hope that Trump goes to jail. I'm not saying it isn't a strategy. I'm saying that that's, that I think it comes with its own level of risk. Because you're saying, hey, let me be the candidate by default. Do not let me actually go out there and try and grab it. 
Personally, I find that off-putting. But maybe it's just me. The debates tonight, I'll have the full breakdown tomorrow. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. You're recognized for five minutes. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? Uh, She is, but it doesn't change the answer. It doesn't change the fact that the president of Harvard University, Claudine Gay, it doesn't change the fact that the president of University of Pennsylvania, uh, Liz McGill, it doesn't change the fact that the president of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, Sally Kornbluth, all said, we don't uh, really have answers to the question about uh, what happens when people call for genocide on a college campus. You see, it's all totally just protected speech. It would matter if that speech led to action. At MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've Does heard- calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation. That is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So they're calling for genocide, The conduct would be actual genocide. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Oh, the work that Congresswoman Elise Stefanik did yesterday was golden. And yes, the call is out for all three of these college presidents to be fired. Fine by me. I don't give a damn if Sally Sally Kornbluth has a job or Claudine Gay. To hell with her. You can actually do this on a college campus and it's okay according to your rules? I have a question that involves some language that you're not allowed to say on radio. That if you said on a college campus, they would run you out of the college. You know, the kind of things that Dave Chappelle says all the time. I wonder 
what her response would be to that, what all their responses would be to that. The call for genocide is fine until it translates into an action, which would be the actual killing of Jews. Now, a lot of this is a bit of precog kind of stuff, right? How does one police the very idea of speech? And I don't think one should. But rallies on a college campus, supported by the campus, that call for global intifada, which calls for genocide, that is different. That is very different. If somebody wants to have a rally off the college campus and call for this kind of stuff, I'm a free speech guy. I say they can do it. But should the federal government, our tax dollar, pay for people like Claudine Gay and the rest of her despicable, awful professors, certainly not all of them, but far too many of them, to push for her and promote this kind of rhetoric? Of course not. Who said they're entitled to a job? Screw those people. Who said that you keep getting tax dollars, that you get up for no, forget it. Oh, and while we're at it, let's not let any more student visas uh, go, to, go to these schools. No more student visas, no more full rides, uh, or, or, or people paying, paying the uh, full freight. Sorry, you're going to make less money, Harvard, and who actually cares? The idea that we need Harvard is laughable. What we need is more Ivy Tech and people who are plumbers and electricians. We have enough um, egomaniacal, full of their own self-bloat pseudo-intellectualists. What we need are more people that it can, can ensure that the day after Thanksgiving your toilet works. That's what we need. We need the person who can fix your car. That's what we need more of. We don't need one more pseudo-intellectual lawyer coming out of Harvard like it matters. Just stating a fact. But you have uh, people like Bill Ackman, uh, who's a hedge fund manager. He's made billions, calling for the resignation of all three of them. Uh, Claudine Gay of Harvard, Liz McGill of Pennsylvania, and Sally uh, Kornbluth of MIT fine because what they stated yesterday in the hearing is well it depends on context how in the world can it depend on context what context of calling for genocide are you discussing here you sound crazed you sound awful you sound like people who will not stand up who will not stand up and say, this is just wrong. But if someone was saying about the black community or the gay community or the trans community or the Hispanic community, you, Harvard would be all over it. Except, of course, if it was the Asian American community, in which case, ah, they probably deserved it. Yes, that's right. Harvard hates the Asian American community and so do all the other Ivy Leagues. I find it despicable personally. But they are who they are. And now... You clearly understand where they are regarding Jews, which means Jews need to understand where they are regarding where they spend their money and where they go to school. The pressure on these universities from their own alumni should be great. And yes, throw out these failure coward presidents and do it quickly. Uh, as, As they say, speedily and in my lifetime. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today. 
And who the heck does Tony Katz think he is to tell other parents how to parent their children? That's an actual response that I got on social media. Uh, and, and, uh, I, I must admit, I don't tell parents how to parent uh, their children. But I do absolutely stand up for children not being abused, which I would think is the rational course. And if we're now going to think that parents can just do anything with their children, including abusing them, well, that would be weird because we've never really allowed such a thing. The, the idea that we would allow children to be abused and just sit idly by, that seems kind of odd. Now, there could be things that parents do and teach that I don't necessarily agree with, but I could be doing that and someone may not agree with me. That's, that's fine. But when it comes to sexualizing children via pornographic programming, one could say that maybe that's not right. One could say uh, that telling a child they can, you know, change their gender through mutilation isn't right, which, of course, it isn't right. And anybody who favors that favors the abuse of children. And I think that those people should be fought in the streets if necessary. This all comes from the ACLU of Indiana. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Yeah, this, this cold is kicking my butt. Whew. Oh been it's been a rough it, it got it got rough yesterday yesterday is when it started becoming the thing you guys know exactly that moment uh not not easy but we we, we move on uh, at, at least i do this right i don't have, there's no there's no physical exertion there's only mental exertion well there is voice exertion because it gets exhausting it gets exhausting when you got the chest cold and you can't can't breathe right. anyway this was the aclu of indiana drag is not a crime drag is not a crime Drag is not a crime. Drag is not a crime. Drag is not a crime. Wait, so that was five. One, two, three, four, five. Drag is not a crime. They wrote it six times. That's weird. That's a weird thing. A drag, I assume they mean men dressed as women. And no one ever thought that drag was a, was a crime. It's a weird thing for them to write. The people at the ACLU, I could speak for Indiana. I got to assume it's true in other places. They are children. They come across as children. They, they uh, emote as, as, as children. It, it's quite pathetic. And, and, and they've been doing this now for forever. No one thinks drag is a crime. As a matter of fact, I even wrote, uh, no one said it was, but performing sexually suggestive drag shows or any shows in front of children is weird. It's wrong. Parents and civil society should stand up against it, and so should you, ACLU. To which somebody wrote, uh, Jordan here wrote, also show me an instance where children were forced to be there and viewing a drag performance. I'm betting 100% of the time it's the parent's choice. And who the heck does Tony Katz think he is to tell other parents how to parent uh, their children? Well, uh, I, I, you can do whatever it is uh, you choose in, in, in the main as, as, as a parent. But I'm allowed to note when it's weird. And I'll say that it's weird. I also think it's weird when you're one of these parents who has news going in your house 24-7. You got cable news playing and playing and playing. Super weird. Super weird. I think it's, it's weird when you tell your kids to be afraid of COVID or when you tell your kids to be afraid of, of uh, 
what's happening in the environment. Teaching your kids to be afraid, teaching your kids to be fearful, teaching your kids to worry, teaching your kids to panic, that's all despicable stuff. And yes, I think people who do that are terrible parents. Yeah, I'll say it. What's the problem? Why can't I say it? You could say it. Now, the question is, what can I do about it? Well, that's something very, very different. In the case of you running cable news in your house all day, I can't do anything about that. I just can't imagine you lead a happy life. How could anybody lead a happy life doing that? It's a, I, I don't think it's actually a possibility. Nothing but cable news, nothing but CNN or MSNBC in the house all day. Nothing but Fox News in the house all day. I know people who do this. You know people who do this. I don't get it. We don't have cable. We do not run cable news. No, no, no. Have not subjected our kids to that. Not for a second. Because I, I think it's a bad thing to do to kids. Taking your kids to see a sexualized show where performers are grinding on children or dressing up children and teaching them how to be sexually suggestive, I think is wrong. And I think parents who do take their kids to those shows are abusing their kids. Absolutely, I believe that. There's a difference between the child and the adult, which it seems here that Jordan doesn't uh, accept. And yes, there are rules that we put in place as a civil society that protect children, more often than not from themselves, and certainly from parents who have decided to adopt progressivism as opposed to rationality and allow these kinds of things to happen. I do think there is a place in society where one can step in and say, whoa, we don't do that. Now, I know this is true because we have R-rated movies. We have R-rated movies where you can't see the movie until you're 17 because the movie has either certain language or certain scenes or nudity, what have you. So as a concept, we've always bought into this. We've always bought into the idea of not okay for children. But you say to me, well, but you, that doesn't mean that uh, a family couldn't have rented the movie and watched their, let their 14-year-old watch it. Totally true. Absolutely true. That could have happened. But we're, we're discussing the, 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 the first part. The idea that we accept that sometimes there are things not for kids. And we can accept the idea that maybe a nine-year-old maybe a 14-year-old, shouldn't be uh, exposed to crass nudity or crass sexual situations. I'm not, by the way, I'm not opposed to either one. But I'm an adult. Maybe for kids, we see it differently. Why would anybody take their kid to one of these drag shows that is sexually suggestive? I, I, I've, I've always asked it kind of in, in the reverse. Why do the performers do it? It, it, so, it so seems to go against their own code, their, their own uh, value system for the performance, for the actual art of, of the thing, of, of drag. Why would you want to bring kids into it? The only reason to bring kids into it is to try and sexualize kids, and that's messed up. That's messed up. Drag is not a crime. It is weird that you want to do it in front of kids, which has always been the argument, or at least as this has now become a thing, the argument people are having. 
and we should discuss whether or not such a thing should be legal. It's like the books. You know no books have been banned in the United States. One of the great lies, the book banning. Taking a book that shows in in cartoon ways sexual exploits and not making it available in a school library to a fourth grader, that's not a book banning. You can call it a lot of things, but it's not book banning. It has never been book banning. It is parents and society saying, this is not something we present to children. Because it's not something you present to children. That's correct. More than anything, we have this unwillingness to really differentiate between childhood and adulthood. And this is one of the most dangerous things out there. Children are, and they have to be protected. Children cannot be allowed to be adults and have thoughts uh, and make decisions like adults and have responsibilities like adults. They're not prepared to do it. We have to protect childhood because that's the mark of a civil society. Performing drag shows for eight-year-olds where you want to dress them up and have them grind on a grown-up is not protecting children and is not a good mark of society. And if you're a parent actually sending your kid to this, my God, yeah, I think you're a crappy parent. Because what you're doing is, in my view, an abuse of the child. Because the child can't make this decision. Why are you making this decision for them? What fantasy are you living out that involves your children being sexualized? And when do you say to yourself, wait a second, maybe I'm not okay here. This is why I cannot fathom the drag queen doing this. Why would you want to put yourself in this situation? Why is this the thing that moves you? It's it's madness. And I got to assume at this stage of the game, you like the idea of, of the avant-garde? Is, is that it? You like the idea of shocking the system? Ah, yeah, we're going to tell those squares what's what. Squares. Thinking that children shouldn't be sexualized does not make one square. Makes one normal. Wanting to sexualize children as an adult makes you a freak, and we should seriously consider what we do with those people because we've got all sorts of criminal codes that we apply to things you do with children. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to back down from this conversation. Drag is not a crime. I don't even know why the ACLU of Indiana is saying it except that the ACLU of Indiana is run by children, which is weird that it's run by children because you would think that they would be more interested in protecting children. But no, they're totally fine, it seems to me, with children being abused and being sexualized. The whole thing is just creepy AF. But when you write five times, six times, drag is not a crime, what are you doing? Someone got paid for that over there. Like, that's, there's some social media manager like, oh, I did my job today. You didn't do your job. You look ridiculous. You look ridiculous. Because you are ridiculous. And if you're not willing to say we protect children from themselves, never mind abusers, well then what value are you? What civil liberties are you actually favoring here? And so when I call you freaks, I mean it.
it is it is a a it, it is a weird position to say we should sexualize children. It's a weird position to say that children can decide to go to sex shows. It's weird. It is weird, and that parents would do this. They've lost their souls. They've lost themselves. I don't know why that's such a shocking thing to hear. I don't know why that's so amazing that somebody would would let you know. (laughs) But I'm going to let you know. I I wish the ACLU was actually focused on things that... uh, that were about civil liberties. Because it seems that from this, I, I, at least you got to wonder if they're just focused on uh, codifying abuse. I would hate to think that that's what the ACLU of Indiana is doing. But, I mean, they wrote, they wrote the, 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 the tweet. And the, uh, the imagination just goes from there as to what they're really in favor of. And when you take a look at some of the comments, oh, oh my I didn't know that there were so many adults so willing to sacrifice their kids like that. This is Tony Katz today. I cannot believe I missed it, but in, you know, there's so much news yesterday. I'm not feeling 100%. I missed repeal day. I am a terrible terrible, terrible person. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-468-8669. Got Tony. Repeal day is um, the day the 21st Amendment was ratified. The 21st Amendment ended prohibition and repealed the 18th Amendment, which didn't allow for the sale and consumption of, of alcohol. Turns out we're a nation that likes our bourbon. And you guys know I wrote the book on bourbon. Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed. Available at Amazon.com. You can also get Let's Go Barbecue, recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. Uh, that is available at Amazon as well. Perfect for Christmas and Hanukkah and any other gift giving you want to do. Uh, I love Repeal Day. And I love the, the 21st uh, um, Amendment. Because the 21st Amendment is the answer to the question of what happens if we get it wrong. When we passed the 18th Amendment and we gave in to those teetotalers, we stated, after one year from the ratification of this article, the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors within, the importation thereof into, or the exportation thereof from the United States and all territories subject to the jurisdiction thereof for beverage purposes is hereby prohibited. The Congress and the several states shall have concurrent power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. This article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of the several states as provided in the Constitution within seven years from uh, the date of submission, well, we, we know that it went through. The 21st Amendment says the 18th Article of uh, Amendment to the Constitution of the United States is hereby repealed. The transportation or importation to any state, territory, or possession of the United States for delivery or use therein of intoxicating liquors in violation of the laws thereof is hereby prohibited. This uh, article shall be inoperative, etc. The 21st Amendment is to say we got it wrong. And to me, it, it is this incredible show of strength of what our Constitution is all about. 
We got it wrong. We made a terrible, terrible mistake. I mean, it was really dumb. And we fixed it. The beauty of the system is that we can fix it. We are one of the very few nations. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure what other nations you can name that has the ability to right a wrong so quickly and make the statement that we didn't get it right yet we're still here and everything's going to be fine except now you can end your day with a bourbon or a rye or a wine or a beer or meat or whatever it is you like. You like some hard cider? Who am I to judge? You know, I haven't been feeling well. You know how many people said hot toddy? I've got the recipes. It's in my book. Let's go bourbon. The point is, what we learn from this is that we can make changes. We are not forced to live with bad decisions. It's beautiful, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely beautiful that we have got a system and that we have a society where that can be the case. And so that's why I love Repeal Day. I love Repeal Day. I love the whole story of the 21st Amendment. So incredibly important. Also, uh, have some bourbon. You know, celebrate. Or have whatever you like. Who am I to judge? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.